0: Hi, I'm Zing Zing, and here's my cover profile with Gemma Chan for the September issue of British Vogue. I hope you enjoy it. Gemma Chan used to have a lot of sleepless nights. At the start of her career, the British Asian actor would lie in bed and think, have I made a big mistake? Am I going to let down my mum and dad? Could I have had a secure career? In her early 20s, she'd walked away from a training contract at a prestigious law firm after taking night classes in acting at the Central School of Speech and Drama. She'd only ever done musical theatre as a child. Her parents had no showbiz connections. What was she thinking trying to be an actor? You feel that responsibility more when you're a child of immigrants, Chan tells me today, as we walk through a fine mist of rain in Regent's Park. It's the week after she was photographed for the Vogue cover, summoned to the Thames at 1am for a sunrise shoot. Lots of ducks and swans for company, but not much else. So her sleep schedule is still out of whack, and she doesn't exactly have time to rest, what with jetting off to Spain for a top-secret project tomorrow morning. Plus, my dog keeps yanking her along the broadwalk, a tree-lined boulevard within sniffing distance of the zoo. I like it, Chan says. She's taking charge. After the blowout success of 2018's Crazy Rich Asians, in which she played the immaculately put-together but piercingly vulnerable socialite Astrid, Chan, now 38, is finally hitting her stride. There's her lead role in Eternals, this autumn's feverishly anticipated Marvel blockbuster, directed by Oscar-winning author Chloe Zhao, which will be followed by the psychological thriller Don't Worry Darling by book-smart director Olivia Wilde, opposite Florence Pugh and Harry Styles. Her most recent release, Disney's animated feature, Raya and the Last Dragon, has grossed $132 million at the box office in a year when most cinemas were shuttered. As the world begins to stir after the slumber of lockdown and after a distressing year of rising anti-Asian violence, Chan is unveiling herself as a new kind of star. Unashamedly political, community-oriented, and entirely capable of fronting a $200 million superhero franchise. We first met on Instagram when she slid into my DMs to ask whether I wanted to work with her on the launch of the Stop EC Hate fundraising page, which to date has raised almost 80,000 pounds for East and Southeast Asian grassroots organizations in the UK. She's just as casual and chatty in real life Turning up to meet me in the early evening summer rain in Adidas tracksuit bottoms and trainers, looking makeup-free apart from a slick of mascara, as we wander past joggers, the only thing that might give away the celebrity in their midst is her perfectly coiffed hair, which she has shoved unceremoniously under the hood of a Red Hunter Mac. We'd already bumped elbows a few days earlier at the Connaught Hotel for Vogue's In Conversation video, where the five foot nine inch actor. Unsurprisingly, Chan used to model, wore an elegant trench dress from rock, and Jimmy Choo heels. It was a novelty for both of us. I've been in sweatpants for a long time, she told me, as I admired her outfit. I've loved this time of being in elasticated waists. What did she spend it doing? I ate a lot of cheese. I did a thousand-piece jigsaws. She spent the beginning of the pandemic volunteering for Cook 19, ferrying some of its 50,000 Mews to NHS frontline workers, along with her boyfriend of three years, fellow Marvel Cinematic Universe, or MCU, actor Dominic Cooper. We were just the guys who turned up with the flapjacks and the food, she says, laughing. The porters would recognise us, but just in terms of, oh, it's you guys, the food couriers who sometimes had stolen a sausage roll or two. Yet in the coming weeks, Chan will slip into movie star mode as never before. Most Marvel films follow a crowd-pleasing formula, extravagant fight scenes, tongue-in-cheek gags, plenty of Easter eggs, and most of all, grand CGI-enabled spectacle. Eternals is the newest installment of the all-conquering universe, with Chan playing Cersei, one of a group of immortal beings who come out of hiding to save humanity. So far, so Marvel? Not quite, according to Chan. I think this is going to be a really different special film, she says, noting that Zhao is the woman at its helm. The Chinese indie director is best known for the film Nomadland, starring Frances McDormand about houseless van dwellers at the edge of society, for which earlier this year Zhao became the first woman of colour to win Best Director at the Oscars. Marvel's intriguing choice of director has paid off. On its first day, the Eternals trailer clocked in a staggering 77 million views. It has always been a passion for me to create a nuanced female superhero that is rarely seen in this genre, Zhao emails. Gemma was very interested in this idea as well and took on the challenge. She is a great actress, very intelligent and brave. She brought a beautiful sense of gentleness, compassion, and vulnerability to Cersei that I believe will invite viewers to rethink what it means to be heroic first of all i never expected to be back in the mcu says chan who played the kree sniper minerva in 2019's captain marvel so that was a surprise and then to be working with an east asian female director i would never have dreamt of that even just a few years ago what can she tell me about her role before the nda kicks in cersei is not your typical superhero She's not necessarily the best fighter. She doesn't have the most obviously impressive powers. The main thing is she's an empath, Chan says. She has a connection with humans and with the world and the earth. That is her strength. So I leant into that. Chan joins a cast that includes Angelina Jolie and Salma Hayek, as well as her longtime friend Richard Madden, better known as Robb Stark from Game of Thrones, who plays Icarus, another superpowered powered immortal. Between us, Chan confides, at which point I start nervously waiting for a Marvel lawyer to materialise next to us. She and Icarus are kind of immortal soulmates. That was a fun thing to play. Over a span of a thousand years, how do you play a normal relationship? The good thing is, Richard and I have known each other for over ten years. But wait, I say accusingly, are you secretly the best connected woman in showbiz? Don't you and your Don't Worry Darling co-star Harry Styles also go way back? A 2013 photo shows them playfully tucking into a giant plate of spaghetti. It's quite a small world, the British acting community. And when you've been doing it for as long as I have, I think you meet pretty much everybody, she cries in mock defence. We first met a long time ago, she adds of Styles. We've sort of seen each other on and off over the years. It was nice to see him in a different environment. And yeah, he's good, she emphasises. I would say he has a lot of natural talent. Shooting during the pandemic, thankfully, mitigated the perils of having a musical heartthrob on set in Los Angeles. We had a few paparazzi sneaking shots, but other than that, it was all right. Chan's star-studded context book, and Ever-Blossoming Career, did not come easy. Her parents are both immigrants from Hong Kong. Her engineer father bootstrapped his way to Britain after growing up in a shack in Kowloon. Both he and her pharmacist mother worshipped at the altar of education. They moved to the very white suburbs of Kent so that she and her younger sister could attend a good state school, where Chan was very sporty, very tomboyish growing up, her preferred break time activity kicking a football around with mates. Was she very aware of being one of the few Asian kids growing up around there? I was, but thankfully, I had an amazing primary school. Obviously, there are isolated incidents of, you know, unpleasant things that were said or whatever, but they weren't kind of a regular thing. Still, anytime an Asian face popped up on television, her family would gather round in awe. It was that rare. She remembers feeling most out of place when she went shopping with her paternal grandmother, a tiny but formidable Hong Konger who single handedly brought up her father and his five siblings while working three jobs. Her voice was so loud and she spoke Cantonese so loudly. I just remember if we'd ever walk into a shop, she would bark at the shopkeeper. She remembers feeling it keenly. My gosh, people think we're different. We're foreign. Her parents imposed upon her the importance of hard work. She'd get up at 5am to stack shelves before school as a 15-year-old, which is actually illegal in this country, she notes with a sly grin, and cleaned the showers at the local swimming pool. When Chan aced her A-levels and won a place to study law at Worcester College, Oxford, her mother broke down and cried. It really was education that brought my mum and dad out of poverty and to this country, she says. Does that history loom large in her head? I think it doesn't leave you the way you've been raised. I can't stand things going to waste. I don't like throwing stuff away, she says. That's just the way my mum and dad were. At a recent dinner, she recalls, her father produced a long-out-of-production St. Michael, the old Marks & Spencer brand, plastic bag for Chan to take some leftovers home in. Those bags haven't been produced for maybe 20 years, she says. He said he pulled it out in a shop and everyone gathered around because they hadn't seen one of those bags for so long. Post-Oxford, with a job offer at Slaughter and May in the offing, she found breaking the news that their first-born daughter was giving up on law to train as an actor did not go down well. In all honesty, it was... Really painful, Chan says slowly, of her decision to spend three years at Drama Centre London, alma mater of Michael Fassbender and Helen McCrory, among others. My dad was always very much like, work for something they can't take away from you. That was the mentality. Who's the they, I ask. Well, exactly, she says. I guess the world or circumstances. Hence, get your qualifications. Hence, it was such a scary or completely inconceivable thing to pursue an unknown career in the arts. Her tutors at drama school warned Chan that she would find it tough to land roles in period-drama-obsessed Britain. The best route would be to do an Idris Elba and find success across the pond. She chose to stay, reasoning, well, the thing is, if everyone just leaves and goes elsewhere, then what's going to change? It meant years of taking on every job going, bit parts, one-line parts, anything, she says. It included roles that now, with the benefit of hindsight, she considers to have shortchanged her heritage. In a 2010 episode of Sherlock set in Chinatown, she played a witheringly stereotypical damsel in distress. Critics and fans accused her of being a racially tone-deaf exercise in Orientalism, with Chan cast as The Wilting Lotus Blossom. Would I necessarily make the same choices now if given the choice? Maybe not. I think I would speak up more if I felt that a role was leaning into an orientalist trope of some sort, she says. I'm much more aware and I think I'm in more of a position where I could say something. At the time, I say I wasn't angry. I was just as a Southeast Asian woman sad that it was one of the few Asian roles I'd seen for women on British television. Chan nods. Her eyes brimming with empathy, with complete respect to everyone involved. I'm not here to throw shade on anyone. But yeah, I totally hear what you're saying. Her history as a jobbing actress, as she charmingly puts it, also means I don't look down on anyone doing any position or in any job on set. The industry has really shifted, even in just the time that I've been working, she says, but notes... Changing the actual culture, changing in practice, takes longer. Crucially, in 2014, Chan landed the breakout role of Mia, the kind-hearted android in Channel 4's critically acclaimed sci-fi drama Humans. Before then, she was trying to bring her parents round her choice of career with mixed success. When she bonded with Wayne Chee-Yip, director of the forthcoming The Lord of the Rings prequel series on the set of Secret Diary of a Girl, she ended up introducing him to her family over Dim Sum. I brought him home to meet my parents like, look, mum, dad, there's another Asian in the business. It was a process, though. There's a way that you can honour the spirit of your ancestors by actually trying to do something different, which I know is a privilege, she says thoughtfully. This is the argument I tried to put to my parents back then when things were tough. Hopefully you work to make sure the next generation has even more of a chance to do something different and change things for the better for the rest of the community or the generation. This is the argument I tried to put to my parents back then when things were tough. Hopefully you work to make sure the next generation has even more of a chance to do something different and change things for the better for the rest of the community or the next generation after that. It's made her determined to keep the door open for other Asian talent. That's something I feel in my bones. I want a rising tide to lift all boats. Things are changing slowly, she says, but it's only a fairly recent thing that Asian females have been able to be the protagonists of stories. Recent research from the Annenberg Inclusion Initiative shows that only... 44 out of the 1,300 top-grossing films from 2007 to 2019 had an Asian-American or Pacific Islander lead, and Dwayne Johnson starred in 14 of them. I mean, great for him. I love him, Chan says, adding later. Individual successes are one thing, but structurally, when you look at who can actually get projects greenlit in the UK who are in those positions of power, those gatekeeping positions, there aren't that many Asians— there aren't many people of colour in those positions. Chan has always been politically minded. She attended the anti-Brexit People's Vote March in 2018 with a sign reading, even Baldrick had an effing plan. But as filming wrapped on Don't Worry Darling in February this year, she was overwhelmed by the breaking news of a shocking increase in anti-Asian violence in America and Britain. She watched the viral video of Weecha Pakti an 84-year-old Thai-American retiree being attacked in San Francisco. Ratana Pakti later died of his injuries. When six Asian women were killed in a mass shooting in Atlanta in March, she posted an impassioned plea on her Instagram. Please pay attention to what is happening. This is the latest in a surge of horrific attacks on the Asian community. Racism and misogyny are not mutually exclusive. In Britain, her own parents have been verbally abused since the start of the pandemic. I just remember feeling so worried for them all the time, anytime they went out and just worried for their safety, worried that one of those incidents might escalate, she says. When the Stop AAPI hate fund launched in America, she lent her name as a supporter before turning her attention to the creation of the UK fund. But she's just as likely to post on social media about any number of social causes, from the importance of trans rights to how to support the victims of police brutality. If only black people care about Black Lives Matter, she says passionately, then nothing's going to change. And if only Asians are talking about stop Asian hate, nothing is going to change. And it's only when we stick up for each other and we stand side by side that things will shift. Although she still feels like an accidental activist, speaking up was one of the few things she felt she had to do actually we kind of have a duty to in a way that our parents perhaps weren't able to as first generation immigrants. We hit the north exit of Regent's Park, Chan's cue to head back to the London home she shares with Cooper and the tomato plants that grew wild on the balcony over lockdown. Although she warmly peppers me with questions like an old friend, which shelter did I get my dog from? Can I WhatsApp it to her? Should we grab dim sum sometime? You can see why her ex Jack Whitehall openly regretted not marrying her and why she's still firm friends of Secret Diary of a Core Girl castmates Billy Piper and Lily James, even though the show wrapped 10 years ago. She's just as comfortable on the red carpet. At the last Met Gala, she wore head-to-toe Tom Ford and an extravagant five-pound headpiece. I think my head was bleeding, but obviously the look was incredible as she is posting holiday content of her cuddling a lamb on a mini-brick with Cooper and Madden and talking about her dream of adopting a pack of rescue dogs. She's unpretentious and kind-hearted, alert to injustice, but never mired in seriousness. You can imagine dancing around her kitchen or getting quarantini-drunk with her on Zoom, which she happily fesses up to doing in early lockdown. Put it this way, not every Hollywood celebrity would be this happy walking a journalist's dog in the rain. Most of all, I'm struck by how relatable she is—a descriptor often casually applied to films' leading women. That is, in this instance, far from trite. Relatability is ordinarily not afforded to Asian people; too often recast as the modern minority, the high achievers who breeze their way into medicine, engineering, or, yes, law. As Chan notes, this is also a myth that is harmful to other people of color. You could easily interpret Chan's success this way if you didn't understand the struggle that went into it. Her new beginning has been hard won, but it's one that countless other Asians will identify with. Maybe I find her so relatable because we share similar heritage. Maybe because my mother, like Chan's father, fastidiously recycles carrier bags. Maybe because she is still one of the 2 few British Asian actresses that I've seen on screen. For a little Asian girl growing up in suburbia, Say, for instance, Kent. I can only imagine the thrill of seeing someone like her front Eternals. After all the sleepless nights, the arguments, and the long, hard slog of waiting for film and TV to catch up with her talent, Chan has finally come out the other side, with her voice intact and the platform to match. There's something important about that. You've got to try to give more than you take, she concludes, adjusting the hood of her Mac in the falling rain. Eternas will be released on 5th November.